Dave and I come as a matching set. You want one, you take us both. I've never been good enough for you. I've tried every flavor of boy but orange. I'll never be good enough for you. It's Riverdale Season 1. Welcome to the Center Cut. I'm Dave. I am Michael, and I'm in high school. I'm also in high school. Yeah, I know we look and act like we're in our late 20s or early 30s, but screw you, man. We're in high school. Yep. Not only that, we're brand new sophomores. Today, we are covering season one of Riverdale. And Michael, why wasn't my high school like this? Yeah, I don't think many high schools were like this. (sighs) This is a thing with fictional accounts of high school. It's nobody really has high school like this. Like, you just don't have to really go. Yeah, like they were just wandering in and out whenever they wanted to. And real talk, guys, they were partying and drinking and having sex. I didn't lose my virginity until I was in college. These 15-year-olds that are just going to fucking town and also how we're all just enjoying and watching it is a little creepy. Mm. But yeah, I I wish my high school was just a little bit more like this. I could just do what I want and everything was a party and no one cared. Yeah. Now... We'll give our full thoughts during center counts later, but I wanted to mention this at the top. If you like this show about a mysterious teen death in a town that involves trafficking drugs, the Canadian border, and Betty's mom, turn this off and go watch Twin Peaks. It's all of that plus 90s video quality. Riverdale is Twin Peaks without the idiosyncrasies. It's like if David Lynch was like, hold up, I just finished seventh grade, BRB, let me go make a show. Plus, Twin Peaks has Log Lady and David Duchovny playing a crossdresser, so it's it's just better. I would probably like David Lynch stuff better if he acted like he was in seventh grade. That's fair. But speaking of Twin Peaks, we are recording with the lovely ladies of the damn fine TV podcast, Jasmine and Mel's. We will be covering the second episode of Twin Peaks season one. The serendipity here is out of this world, and I think it will actually go live the same day that this does. So check that out. We'll post a link in the show notes. Oh, snap. Okay, I've said my piece. Oh, we haven't even talked about what we're doing here. We're just assuming people know, but... I think they have to know by now. Well, yeah, but just in case, we watched only the first episode and last episode of season one of Riverdale. We're going to recap that, and then we have a boatload of questions to help us try to figure out the middle. Riverdale is a good old CW show, so... If you want a show about a murder and some high schoolers, you can watch any show on the CW. (laughs) This is a teen drama based on the characters of the Archie comics. It's got an 86 on Rotten Tomatoes and has a pretty large following. A lot of people enjoy this show. It stars KJ Appa, Lily Reinhart, Camilla Mendez, and Cole Sprouse, among others. And it is currently in the middle of its fifth season, but we're covering season one. And Michael's going to start us off with the opener. Yeah. The first episode is titled Chapter One, The River's Edge. We open with the picturesque town of Riverdale, narrated by Jughead. We see two redheads, twins, Jason and Cheryl Blossom, while Tell Me by Johnny Jewel plays. Now, hold on. Hold on. One of these kids is driving a car. They are in there the summer between freshman and sophomore year and they are twins so they are both in between freshman and sophomore year so that's like 14 15 years old well do we know that cheryl is in the same grade as as the others hmm i mean i we assumed but i guess it's not it's not necessarily true she could be older that's a good point she was like head of the cheerleading squad so she's probably not head of the cheerleading squad as a freshman so she's probably older i have feelings about that but i understand where you're coming from on that yeah you're you're right Uh, we don't know for sure that she's a sophomore so she could be junior senior okay fine anyway he can drive maybe well he dies so maybe not It's the 4th of July, and they hold hands like lovers, not brother and sister. Creepy. And yeah, really creepy. And we flash forward to later in the day. A Boy Scout finds Cheryl 
wet by water's edge and Jason is dead. Also, can I tell you how often in the summer I want to take my sister out at 6 a.m. on a nice boat ride down the river? Wearing all white? Zero times. Betty's mom is played by Shelly from Twin Peaks. (laughs) And she is happy that the ginger boy is gone. She's also a bitch. Um, She's probably your favorite character. Your, no. your favorite characters are always the assholes. <laughs> yeah, usually. <laughs> now, she is. she's pretty happy that he's dead, but it can't only be because he was with her daughter, Polly, can it? Well, I think it's that he did some inappropriate things to Polly. All right. Well, I guess we can talk about it later. There's some questions around that. Mm-hmm. Now, the death was ruled an accident by drowning, but more on that later. We meet Veronica and her mom, who are new to town. And then we cut to the blonde beauty, Betty, while Can't Get Enough of Myself by Santa Gold plays. She's 15 years old, man. Keep it in your pants. <laughs> I just said, all I said is she's beautiful. That's not, a, a six-year-old can be beautiful. Oh, yeah. Go try that at a, in a school park and see how it goes for you. Anyway, just like my best friend's wedding, our last episode, she has a token gay best friend, and they both oogle neighbor boy Archie. Who has no business being in that kind of shape as a sophomore in high school. No, and this town has multiple redheads. I'm out. Yeah, our, I didn't have many redheads in my school, to be honest. I didn't count the redheads, alas. Betty and Archie go to Pop's Chocolate Shop, and as Archie bores both her and me with his babble about wanting to be a musician now, mm-hmm. Veronica, the new girl, walks in and rocks his world. He's all about it. My least favorite part about shows about high schoolers is how unlike high schoolers they are. Just once, once, I want to watch one that's realistic. Mm-hmm. Just once. Actually, so I did see one movie that it's not technically high school. It's called Eighth Grade. It's written and directed by comedian Bo Burnham. That was the closest I've ever seen, and it was awesome. Horrifyingly close to home, but awesome. If you haven't seen it, check it out. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about other than the fact that I know who Bo Burnham is. Check it out. Eighth Grade. Anyway, an old-ass Luke Perry is Archie's dad. (laughs) I always forget that Betty is a nickname for Elizabeth. Is that just a me thing? No, I'll I'll agree with that. Like it's a, it's a, it's a lot of leaps. It's like yeah, it's like seven degrees of Elizabeth to Betty. You need to like go from Elizabeth to Beth to Betty, and it's just like that's too many walks. That's three, that's like that's if three I leaps, David. Yeah, that's like if I ask people to call me like Doug. <laughs> I'm calling you Doug from now. David on, is short for Dave, and that short for Doug. Her mom says Elizabeth. I just want you to be smart. So take these Adderall and laser gun by M83 plays as Archie looks over his lazy ass transparent lyrics about fucking the music teacher. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Zach from 13 Reasons Why is a high schooler yet again. Can they please stop shoehorning this 30 year old Asian model into teen shows? He does not look like any 16 year old ever. Cut the shit. Yeah. That's a, he's a forever, a forever teenager. He's going to be like 60 years old and they're going to have him playing a teenager in high school. Hate it. Betty and Kevin give Veronica a tour of the school. She's into movie and literary references, and there's a strip club in town called The Ho Zone. Not that creative, but I like it. Yep, great name. Also, Veronica's dad is notorious. We don't learn why here, but we get a little bit more information later. Archie pops in on three girls practicing music, and I had no idea that Josie and the Pussycats were an Archie and Jughead derivative. Yeah. Like, oh shit, Like the, they were from the comics. Yeah. Interesting. Wild. If I learned one thing from this D-rate Twin Peaks schlock, it's that. Also, she calls Archie Justin Ginger Lake. I bet the whole writing staff spent eight hours writing that, and I, I'm not a big fan. Yeah, that joke cost $15,000. <laughs> you just know that they tried so hard, but anyway. The best thing they can come up with. Veronica drops yet another random movie reference. The thing is, they're all... Of, like, lame-ass shit that nobody cares Pretty about. Pretty like, obscure references. Yeah, yeah, like, this one was about the, the star of the movie The Fault in Our Stars. Like, nobody knows who that is. Well, teens know. Maybe. There's an assembly about dead Jason. Yeah. Yeah, she refers to Jason as her soulmate. Still weird. Very weird. They definitely fooled around. Oh, yeah. Incest for days. Speaking of fooling around, we get some quick Zoom shots of Archie and the music teacher, Mrs. Grundle. And we learn that she statutorily <laughs> raped him over the summer. Mm-hmm. Spicy. This is Grundle. I have a serious question, and you don't have to answer if you don't feel comfortable. Yeah. Why can an 11-year-old change their gender, but a 16-year-old can't willingly have 
car sex with their hot music teacher? Yeah, that's a good question. I get that it's not a direct line. It's not a direct line. I get it. Your gender is not the same as your sexuality, but they are tied together. And if a 16-year-old is mature enough to fucking solve a murder mystery, why can't they bang? <laughs> why can't they bang a consenting adult? I think there's there's an assumption there that the adult can have hold some sort of power over the child just because it's an adult versus a child, whereas changing their gender is making an own decision about themselves, and no one is going to manipulate that in any way. But with an adult with a child or someone younger than 18, the assumption that they could be manipulated or taken advantage of. Yes, I and, and I, I totally understand that part of it. I still just think it's so arbitrary that we draw a line of like your 18th birthday. Now you can fuck that 22 year old. It's just weird. It's just weird. Yeah, there should be a way like you could get like parental approval. You just have to take like an SAT, like an S an SEX test and like, OK, you pass a signed waiver. My parents say that I am of sound mind to be able to make my own sexual decisions <laughs> at 13. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, because if you can convince your parents to sign that, you could do anything. We are we're we're far astray from where we need to be. But back to Riverdale, Veronica's mom, Hermione, goes to see old Luke Perry at his construction company about a job. They have history. I've never heard of anyone being called Hermione outside of the Harry Potter verse, and I hate it. Yeah, it's not good. No, nope. it's not good. We learned that Mr. Lodge is notorious because he's on trial for embezzlement. I got to be honest with you. I work in finance. I still don't know what embezzlement means. I think it has something to do with bezzling. Yep. Back at school, Archie plays his sad sack shitty demo for Betty and Kevin at lunch. They have to be pretending to like it, right? Oh, they fucking love it. Veronica comes. She wants his red-haired D so hard. And then mm -hmm. a red-haired B, Cheryl, shows up <laughs> and invites Veronica to try out for her cheerleading squad, all while making a crack at Betty's weight. Yeah. Which, what are you talking about? <laughs> but okay, cool. Of note here, Cheryl has a cherry brooch. Ooh. We find out later that brooches... Brooches? Brochet? <laughs> we find out later their brooches are kind of her thing, along with being a psycho. <laughs> my high school is like, I know what my shtick's going to be, brooches. <laughs> Archie plays another crappy demo for Mrs. Grundle, and she also pretends to like it. She really likes it because she wants that redheaded D. We learned that they were having a fucking picnic at 6 a.m. on the 4th of July by Sweetwater River and heard a gunshot. Oh, they weren't having a picnic. I think they were waking up. Ah, but they were on a picnic blanket. Because it was just a blanket. Okay. Also, like, what is Archie's dad fucking doing? This 14-year-old is just disappearing. Even at the <laughs> yeah. end of the show where he just, like, sleeps over, spoiler alert, he sleeps over Veronica's house. And the next day, his dad's like, hey, Casanova. Like, your son's fucking 15 years old. Reel him in. He would have signed the waiver. He definitely would have signed the waiver. Yeah. And because of that gunshot, we know that Jason did not drown after all. Dun, dun, dun. Veronica and Betty try out for the River Vixen Squad. V thinks that some girl-on-girl -girl kissing will woo Cheryl. It don't. I didn't understand this. Yeah, it didn't work. Nope. Didn't work, and it felt like pointless for the show in general. I just didn't mm -hmm. understand why it happened. And Cheryl, in true psycho fashion, has Betty air her sister's laundry. And I can't parse what's true here, but we do learn that Polly is now in a group home, and her parents think it's because dead Jason was a dink. Mm -hmm. Betty bites her proverbial tongue the whole time and digs her nails into her hands until they bleed. Cheryl says that she needs girls with fire on her squad, which is pretty fitting for the finale. And V talks Cheryl into picking them both for the squad. I don't cheerleading is just like any other sport in that just the other cheerleaders aren't going to pick who makes the team. That is crazy talk. Like, imagine if you went to football tryouts and the quarterback was just like, yep, you're on, you're off, you're on. That doesn't happen. There are coaches. There are people who make these decisions, not the people on the team. I would say normally, yes, but it does seem like Cheryl and her family have a lot of pull in this town. They are like the big rich family, so she could probably do whatever she wants. Yeah, there were plenty of big rich families in my school. It okay. still wouldn't happen. I went out for the cheerleading squad three years in a row. Did not get it. I was very bad. <laughs> Archie makes varsity and they're already giving him dead Jason's number, which is proof that redheads are replaceable. Veronica wants to be a better person. And Betty asks Archie to go to the school dance with her and Veronica. Yep. 
That ought to end well. Oh, yeah. Threesome. Betty's mom hates the Blossom so much that she tells Betty she can't be a cheerleader anymore. Bullshit. Hermione Lodge's butler Smithers brings her a bag of money. Archie has a heart-to-heart with old Luke Perry. He's changed this past summer, man. Yeah, because you boned an adult woman who wears Warby Parkers. Of course. (laughs) A, B, and V go to the dance. I'm too lazy to use their full names now. God, I hate when you shorten all the names. It gets so confusing. (laughs) The big jock Moose has a giant dong and wants to fool around with Kevin. Yeah. Mrs. Grundle agrees to work with Archie three days a week before her first period, though based on her age, I'm guessing it's after her first period. <laughs> oh, what a terrible joke. <laughs> Josie and the pussy cats, they cover all through the night by Cindy Lopper. Mm. Mm. Betty asks out Archie. He turns her down. Next, we're at Cheryl's party. You know what? She sucks. And not just her character. I hate all of her. I hate her dialogue. It's so unnatural and like, pompously stilted and not in a rich girl way but in a fake robotic like way. yeah yeah they basically make her out to be like a fucking robot now could i concede that somebody like some rich snob out there talks like that sure but would she also be popular absolutely not i mean if you have enough money you'd be surprised uh, well anyway so they're going to play seven minutes in heaven which is just a trumped up version of a rape closet and i'm just not into it yep no no thanks cheryl's a bad person terrible so obviously the spun bottle points to veronica even though it looks like it's pointing to both veronica and betty to my uncultured eye yeah i agree it was kind of in the middle and then they just made a judgment call i guess yeah so they go into the rich person closet that thing is bigger than most bedrooms i've ever had yep I'm fairly certain if they pushed past the coats, they'd find Edmund snacking on some Turkish delight. That's a Narnia reference, David. Jesus Christ, I don't believe you just made a Narnia reference. (laughs) I am this podcast resident, Veronica. I'm amazed that you just made a Narnia reference. (laughs) Why? I'm a big Narnia fan, man. That is very surprising to me. I'm like Veronica, but my references are all children's literature because I'm a big fat child. (laughs) Makes sense. Anyway, they ask each other questions. Archie is not attracted to Betty at all, and then they end up kissing as only by Rye X plays, and I am disappointed in you, Veronica. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Yeah, it seemed like they they were not even close to this, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, I guess I'm fine. It's like, wait a minute. We're in the rape closet. Gotta do it. Yep. They leave the closet, and Betty has fled. No surprise. Archie goes to Pop's diner to see if Betty is there, but finds Jughead instead. Now, we learn that his narration is the novel that he's working on, and we see the intro that he read at the beginning of the show, and it's at best page four of what he's written, which makes no logical sense. Like, what the fuck was in his wordy-ass preamble before we popped in? Yeah. Makes no sense. Lots of junk. Anyway, we also learn that Archie and Jughead used to be best friends, but had some sort of falling out. Yeah, it's just like Archie got buff and cool, and Jughead was just like a quiet no one cares about me kind of dude Mm -hmm. archie finds betty at her house he lets her down yet again this time in front of a blossom tree is this archie motherfucker a secret blossom he's got the hair we'll talk about that later oh wow kevin and moose are about to do gay stuff which according to kevin starts with skinny dipping i have a lot to learn when they stumble upon jason's very dead body at river's edge complete with a bullet through his forehead For whatever reason, the cops don't come to get the body until the next morning, and they also have the whole freaking town come to watch them get his body. I don't understand. I'm always like, that's there's (laughs) multiple times this episode where it's like whole groups of people at a like a some kind of crime scene. It's like, how did all these people get here? Like, what is going on? They all have scanners. They all have police scanners. Yeah, maybe. And that was the first episode. Wow. The last episode, titled "The Sweet Hereafter." Kicks off with some good old Jughead narration. We learn a few key things. It's their way of kind of doing a last week on Riverdale without having to do it. But we learn that Clifford Blossom committed suicide. He was apparently using his business as a front to transport heroin into Riverdale. Well, maple syrup basically is low-grade heroin. I mean, to me, high-grade, you know? (laughs) I only use the good stuff. We also learn that Jason had threatened to release the truth about his father's business. So he must've figured out what was going on, threatened to release the truth. Jason was then abducted 
by a serpent named Mustang. We find out later the serpents are a a gang in the south side of Riverdale. So apparently then Clifford decided he was going to murder his son to keep him from releasing the truth. And also, why not kill Mustang the serpent to cover his tracks? That is ruthless. I mean, that's got to be crazy for you to be willing to kill your own child. Like, that's bananas. Especially, like, at least 15 years into it. Like, I could see killing a one-year-old, because you haven't had to put that much work into it. But a 15-year-old, you know how much you've struggled the past 15 years, and you're going to waste all that work? I'm going to make your wife text me daily to make sure that you haven't killed your child before (laughs) he reaches the age of one. I'm not going to really kill my child. (laughs) So... Clifford Blossom decided to try and frame Hiram Lodge for all of this shit. So that's Veronica's dad. Blossom threatened to kill Jughead in order to get Jughead's father, FP, to take the blame. So he's in jail now. It seems like FP Jones had some kind of involvement in it a little bit. More on that in some of the questions for me, at least. So the biggest question I have so far is what in the hell does FP stand for? I don't know, but he has a, a child named Jughead, so who knows? Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, So there's not a lot of F names, but maybe that's like a family thing, and they pass down a long line of, of liquid receptacles followed by a body part. So FP, liquid receptacle, body part. Okay. Bottle toes. No, it has to start with FP. I know. <laughs> Flask penis. Flask Penis Jones. Oh, man. So you made me sit here in silence for that long to release your Flask Penis joke? It's not a joke. That's the only thing I can think of. (sighs) There's got to be another liquid receptacle other than a flask. If you have it, unleash it. Flute Pancreas. A champagne flute Pancreas Jones. But all this aside, apparently our gang of pesky teenagers figured out the truth and... Clifford Blossom decided to kill himself. So that was all that Jughead narration. Wow. We actually cut into the show now. The sheriff is interrogating Jughead's dad, FP, again, flask, flask penis, trying to get him to give up names of who was involved in the serpent gang. He seems to be kind of a leader of the gang, more or less. I, I kind of came to, to think. Hmm. We find out that Hiram Lodge is going to be coming back to Riverdale. So everyone's on their toes about that. Betty's sister, Polly, is back home. Don't know why. Veronica and Archie debate coming out to Betty as dating. (laughs) Archie describes it as we've kissed a few times, but they're trying to decide if they want to tell Betty because last time it didn't go so well. The mayor at this point has asked Archie and Betty to be part of the 75-year jubilee because they're heroes of the town. It's Robin Givens. I don't know who that is. She used to date Mike Tyson in the 90s. This show just collects old 90s people for all the adults. Yeah. Betty and Archie ask, you know, what about Jughead? He also helped uncover the truth and everything. And the mayor's like, yeah, well, his dad's in jail. So nope. So Betty basically outright refuses to do it without Jughead. At this point, when they're all at lunch, Veronica basically blurts out that Archie and her are dating. Betty's all right with it. So it seems. This bitch is eating a fruit salad for lunch. That ain't lunch. Where's nope. the protein? You're only going to lose water weight, boo. She also explains over her fruit salad that she's going to write an article about Jughead's dad and the goings on around town. Mrs. Blossom and Cheryl are hanging out in the barn where Mr. Blossom committed suicide. Oh, God. Interesting choice of venue. And Mrs. Blossom basically says, well, we're all going to die someday anyways. Why not just end it now? (laughs) Ridiculous. She's trying to goad her own daughter into suicide. Now, we have watched plenty of messed up shit these past 30-something episodes, but this is up there. Yeah. And here's the good news. Eight and a half minutes in, we finally see the title card. So now Archie and Betty are chatting to make sure she's okay with... Veronica and Archie dating. She's definitely okay with it. She says that she found her soulmate in Jughead. (laughs) So cool. Soulmate at 15. Definitely. Archie tries to pitch a new song to Josie to perform at the Jubilee. She refuses because her mom, who is the mayor apparently, has already approved a specific song. Betty has taken the time to write her article. She has her mom read it, her mom and dad read it. They say, you know, this is the best thing you've ever done. You're not releasing it. The most far-fetched part of the show is that this town still has a brick-and-mortar newspaper. As if. No way. 
Cheryl, at this point, just quits the Vixens and puts Veronica in charge of the cheerleading squad. Also, you're not in charge of deciding who's in charge of the cheerleading squad, but fine. Betty decides to post her article anyways, and it does not go well. Spoiler alert. Nope. She is going to sneak her sister back into school, though. Apparently, her mom doesn't want her to go back to school, but she's going to bring her anyways. We find out that Jughead is going to have to go to a foster family because his dad is in in jail right now and expected to be in jail for a while. Let's make your life less horrible. Move to this shitty part of town and change schools mid-high school while your personal life is already in disarray. How does that sound? Like, this, yep. How is this supposed to be good for him? Yeah, it makes no sense. But moral story, it's not. <laughs> so then we cut to the high school where Jughead is sitting at lunch. Cheryl gives him a brooch. It's like a spider. She makes some ridiculous backhanded compliment about how it could buy him T-shirts and beans for like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> have we have we talked about Jughead's hat yet? No. I know it's drawn from the comic, so there's yeah. only so much that, th- that they could do. But like, who really wears a kitschy hat like that 24-7? I bet his head smells like shit. Yeah, you're probably right. So... Everyone is like freaking out for some reason and they get brought to Betty's locker where we see that someone has vandalized it and written in some kind of blood. Go to hell, serpent slut. Pig blood. So she probably shouldn't have released that article. Mm -mm. Not smart. At this point, she just doesn't give a shit about anything or anyone. She just wants the truth to set her free. Oh, this was a fun part where Mrs. Lodge tries to get Veronica to use her body to get Archie's dad to (laughs) go in on a deal to let her buy out his business from the sounds Mm -hmm. of it. Yep. That's bananas. These parents are bad. Yeah, all the parents are bad. This is what annoyed me the most about this show is I like the high schoolers actually weren't terrible. The parents were the worst. I hated all of the parents except maybe FP. Flask penis. Betty's just already kind of on edge. She gets home. Her mom freaks out about it. And then she just fucking tells her mom what's what. Like, she just lays out her mom royally. And it's great. The actress that plays Betty does not blink. And it sent me down a whole rabbit hole. So it's a thing. There's some actors and actresses that choose not to as a deliberate choice. And there's also some directors and and editors. They will cut scenes right before the blink. Michael Caine, the actor, he actually says that he doesn't blink in scenes because he thinks it makes the character look weak, which is which is interesting. So, yeah, I think it's a purposeful choice. She, But she just like goes all bug eyed all the time. That's bananas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, Betty has Cheryl's spider brooch, 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 brochet. Yep. Her brochet. Yeah. Her Bobby brochet. Yeah. Her bro- <laughs> so the following morning, Betty is waking up getting ready for school and her mom comes in and fesses up to the fact that she got in a fight with her dad in high school because she was pregnant and ended up leaving for a little bit and had a secret brother. Well, Betty has a secret brother. Yeah, this has got to come back around. Obviously, who is her adopted brother? Now, we have some questions on it later, but Veronica later on says blonde Adonis, like you have some blonde Adonis out there. But I bet that that is a red herring. A red herring. Get it? I'm a word, Adonis. You're the worst. That's what you are. Jughead decided to just go to Southside High. Fuck it. I'm just going there. He didn't really have a choice. Well, no, but he went before he had to, I think. Oh, okay. I think like he chose to to start there early to like try and quote unquote protect Betty or whatever. Okay. Our little crew of misfits here decides to skip school to go save him. So they just leave school to go save Jughead from another school. What is going on here? And they're running like like it's his life depends on it. I, I hated it. So when Archie did that Scooby-Doo sideways slide, slide through the hall because you're running Ugh. so fast thing, I threw up in my mouth. I, I get like I get that the show is modeled after a comic. I, I, I do get that. But you have to pick a side, like either be cartoonish or be a soap opera for tweens and Luke Perry fans. Like you can't you can't be both. Agreed. But they get there and one, they're like, where would he be? And then they're all like, <laughs> oh, the cafeteria. So. Is he not taking any classes there? Is he just sitting in the cafeteria all day? (laughs) I think so. so. They already know his schedule, like his school schedule. Like that's not how high schools work. Whatever. This show just takes a lot of a lot of leaps. Mm -hmm. 
But essentially, he's in, like I said, is trying to keep Betty safe. He feels like the powers that be want him there, so he's just gonna be good and and protect the people around him. While they're there, Veronica gets a text from Cheryl that says, "Thanks for trying. I'm going to be with Jason now." Uh oh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so they figure, well, she's headed to the river where he drowned slash got shot. Where would she go to be with Jason? Uh, the ground under the dirt, the morgue. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So they find her on the middle of the ice. Whoa, 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 whoa. You skipped the part where she was up in her bedroom. Are you not amazed by her bed? Oh, I'm, I mean, just like used to nice beds. That is not a nice. That bed looks like a bed that the goth family from the Sims would own. No real person has that. She's, it's like a Tim Burton character bed. Oh, I bet there's people that have those types of beds. Oh, <laughs> anyway, we're at the river. Let's go. We're at the river and she breaks the ice and falls in. Now, here's a question. She was able to break through the ice relatively easily. The crew runs out to try and save her. Archie sees her under the ice. And then there's like two minutes of him fucking gorilla punching like Mel from sleepaway camp to try and get into into the ice to pull her out. This is the buffest of sophomore high, high school sophomore I've ever seen in my life. And this kid just took two minutes to break through. But Cheryl was just able to like like one or two shots and she's in. That's crazy. Well, a. We don't know how long she was working at the ice. But <laughs> she was there for like she was just working out for like two hours. She was there chipping well, yeah. away. Plus B, she could have had a tool. Like she could have had like a metal pick or something. That's true. Maybe she had a tool out there that we missed. That's possible. But anyway, it's it's ironic because in episode one, Veronica told Cheryl that she was the ice queen. Not anymore. That's Cheryl. For now. This whole scene though is just improbable baloney to me. Yep. And <laughs> Actually, that would make the that would make a good name for like a new vegan lunch meat. Like you've heard of the Impossible Burger, now coming to a sandwich near you, Improbable Bologna. <laughs> but anyway, what I'm trying to say here is that I am at least glad that this fool broke his hand. I was going to blow a gasket if his hand was fine. If he just punched through that ice, and that, it was cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm so I'm so glad that they broke his hand. And also, like, so he's punching and like blood's coming off his hand, and then like the special effects or whatever had put red water underneath the ice so when he broke through it it was just like a river of blood and it's like well that would have taken just a a second splash of blood everywhere it was pretty intense but they saved her archie gives her mouth to mouth so now i think that's three girls on the river that he's kissed at (laughs) least (laughs) we cut to them getting getting ready for the jubilee Betty is is getting dressed and her mom comes in asking her you know how's it going and everything and betty looks worried and it turns out that she's worried that Jughead is going to a different high school, even though literally two hours ago she watched one of her classmates try to commit fucking suicide. Yep. And she's worried about her boyfriend going to a different school and them drifting apart. Fuck you. <laughs> Just fuck you. Archie decides he's going to try and play guitar with a giant cast on his hand. It's not going well. Josie, at this point, decides to let Archie play the song that he originally wanted to play. Ah, so nice. Ah, banged Miss Grundle in a car. Like a fucking Grundle to Grundle. Not a fan. Not a fan of Archie. (laughs) So Jughead goes to chat with his dad. His dad tells him he needs to be there for his mom and Jellybean. Now, is Jellybean a brother or sister, pet, or family heirloom? Ah, I didn't think of it as a pet but that would help answer one of the questions later i'm gonna say it's a it's a sister i think it's probably a sister too yeah which breaks your naming convention maybe the naming convention in the family is that the firstborn is named after a a container that holds liquid and a body part and the second born in the family is named after a sugary treat and a legume Could be. Interesting. I can't come up with a good name for FP that follows that naming convention right now. So it's going to be a sugary treat and a legume? Yep. Fudge Pecan. It's Fudge Pecan Jones. Yep. Fudge Pecan Jones. That makes sense. Could be that too. But Archie plays a stupid song. Betty gives her speech. Her speech is basically telling everyone Riverdale is out of control. Everyone get your shit together. Jughead's there. 
don't worry. She gets a standing O, and then later a laying O, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Archie's dad is n- deciding against selling his portion of the company to the Lodges, and Mrs. Lodge is not happy about that. The crew goes out for milkshakes. Oh, just a grand old time. You feel like the episode's over, then it's not. Cheryl is back at home. Her mom arrives home, and she decides to light the whole house on fire. <laughs> what is wrong with this girl? She's losing. I mean, her her brother got killed by her father, and then her father committed suicide, and then her mom brought her into a barn and showed her where her dad committed suicide and said, maybe you should do that, basically. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. She's bound to be fucked up. Had a rough life. Yeah. <laughs> so Jughead and Betty share their first I love yous and then start ramping up for a little slap and tickle. All while Veronica and Archie are back at her place doing the same. Listen, we hear Imagine Dragons here. And if there is one band I pray I never have sex to, it's Imagine Dragons. Tell me about like, it. Like I would I would do any any other band. Like I would do the deed to Creed with arms wide open. But Imagine Dragons, fuck that radio anti rock rock nonsense. Ew, 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 ew. Who wouldn't do it to arms wide open? That's a better question. I could not get hard with some white dude going thunder and the lightning like in my ear. No, can't do it. Can't do it. First things first and second things second. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, not a fan. Also, how much do you think they paid to have their song played during a sex scene involving a bunch of teenagers? A lot of money. A lot of money. Some good publicity. If you're 15 and having sex, listen to Imagine Dragons. So the serpents interrupt Jughead's trip to Pleasure Town to tell him that they know his dad is doing right by them, withholding names, and Jughead gets his own serpent's jacket, and they basically say, like, we're going to look out for you, bro. Betty looks concerned about it. She even calls him Juggy, which I (laughs) did not enjoy at all. Archie wakes up the following morning with Veronica, so he just, again, stayed over a girl's house overnight, and his dad doesn't even give a fuck. What? But he has to leave early to go to breakfast with his dad and then surprise his dad gets shot. The guy that shoots old Luke Perry left all the money on the ground. What the heck? And it was even even in the narration that Jug said something along the lines of a random act that wasn't so random or something Mm. like like it was a pre-planned thing that was meant to look like a robbery gone wrong. Yeah, there's some questions that talk about it, so. Yeah, but there's there's somewhere we need to go before that. That's center commercial time. Oh, it is center commercial time. I th- I'm pretty sure you're correct. Today's podcast is brought to you by the letter R, as in this show makes me go R, but also it's brought to you by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. We're talking moolah, baby. You pick the ads that you want in your show, and it's a flat rate, so you know what you're going to get ahead of time. You can apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. So that's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And just be sure to add the center cut in the how did you hear about Podgo section so they know that we sent you. Be like us. We're cool. I mean, we were cool until you made that R joke. I feel like that doesn't fit now. So I think the only thing to do now is to get into all these dang questions. So many questions. So our first set of questions came to us from Jasmine, friend of the show. She's been on here, if you've been paying attention, and we are going to be on her show soon. Damn fine TV. Talking about Twin Peaks, remember? So go check that out. But she has a few questions for us. The first one being, the teacher Archie is dating at the beginning of the season, you know, Mrs. Grundle, turns out to be a fake identity. Who is she really? And why did she assume this false identity? And to be clear, this question was also asked by two other Reddit users. So this was a popular one. Now, my thinking is maybe she's related to one of the other characters. It seems like everybody is weaved together more than we know, like under the surface. Yeah, I feel like this whole this whole thing is just incest. I think so. And in going solely by hair color, maybe she's Jughead's older sister. Or, ooh, how messy would this get? <laughs> What if she was a secret lodge daughter or or even like a sister to Hermione? So Archie then did the dirty with Veronica's sister or her aunt and and Veronica Ooh. and Veronica. Interesting. Now, I'm just I'm trying to think like a soap opera writer here. OK, so I'm going to say that she her name is Vivian Lodge and she did this because Hiram is a pariah. 
Duh. Ooh, wow. Okay. Well, my answer is that she is a registered sex offender. <laughs> And she assumed this false identity to sexually offend 15-year-old boys. It very well could be true. It very well could be true. Even if it's not true, it is. So, <laughs> All right. Next question from Jasmine. Which two characters, and therefore main Riverdale families, are revealed to be related? And how are they related? And just as an aside, this was also asked by Reddit user The Swifty Life. So I think that it's the Joneses and the Blossoms. But which two characters, though? The way I see, see it is that, like, there's no way that families could be related without knowing they're related. Like, that's bananas. So I have no idea. <laughs> is the way. Good, good my, answer. Good answer. This is, <laughs> no, this is actually, honestly, one of the first qu- real questions that we've gotten for uh, a movie or TV show that I couldn't for the life of me even come up with, like, a valid logical reason why two of these families would be related. But it did seem like FP was involved in things. So maybe FP married into the family. Maybe Mrs. Jones and Clifford Blossom are brother and sister or cousins or something like that. But I think that that meant that FP was kind of part of the family. So I feel like FP was actually more involved in that business than is led on here. But he definitely didn't do the murdering. Yeah, so I, I think it involves FP. I, I'm convinced that it's Betty Cooper and Jughead Jones, the couple that shouldn't be a couple. And I'll double down on this with another answer later. But I think that Betty's mom fought with Betty's dad because he found out outside of homecoming that she had been at home coming. She had let skeet, skeet, skeet. Or better said, she let FP, F her P. So. Ah, oh, shit. I guess, does that actually even make them related? If her se- That doesn't even make them related, does it? Damn it. It just means they share a brother, but they'd still have their own parents. Damn it. That actually is a good idea. What if, because that, I mean, that would mean they're not like blood related, but they're still kind of related in a way. Yeah, they share a brother. Yeah. Her mom and her dad were having a big argument. Was that like, right. we haven't even had sex yet. How are you pregnant? It's Jesus. It must be. (laughs) All right. I'm glad you've come to my side. So the third question from Jasmine, not so much of a question, more of a statement. Skeet Ulrich is the greatest. Discuss. This is our second piece of Skeet media, first being Scream. And can I be honest, Jasmine? I don't get it. I mean, he's not not attractive, but he's just a run-of-the-mill, scraggly has-been who's probably too good for CW but no longer relevant enough to pull a major network. Let's face it. If his name wasn't Skeet, he'd just be another midlife, dark-haired pseudo-hunk to add to the pile. Jasmine, are you still there? You haven't turned (laughs) off the podcast yet? Cool. (laughs) I get where you're coming from on that. I mean, he's a good actor. I'll give you that. I think he was honestly a better actor in Scream, to be honest. It seems like he's diminished over time a little. (laughs) But... When he was talking, he talks to this kind of like little pouty face, and I didn't like it at all. Yeah, but to your point, though, he is probably the best parent. Even though he's in jail, he's probably the best parent in the show. (laughs) He is the best adult. Thank you so much, Jez. Thanks. And so the next set of questions from Reddit, we have the first set here from Lucy underscore crossing 8998. Who was Jason's girlfriend? So I think we kind of know this unless it is different. Polly was his girlfriend, and then they had a really nasty falling out, and then he died. Or was the Polly thing like a long time ago? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. And and I don't know if maybe the question asker just didn't realize we knew that we knew about Polly. But if they did know that, I, th- I know what you're gonna say. think that there was some creepy-ass shit going with Cheryl. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say Cheryl. Knew you were going to say Cheryl. Yeah, I mean, they... They seem to be more involved than a brother and sister would be. You don't hold hands at six in the morning and go on a boat ride together and then call the other person your soulmate. Like, that's just, that's too much. It's just too much. Way too much. An exorbitant amount too much. (laughs) So Lucy Crossing also asks, who stole Sheriff Keller's case files? This is maybe too logical, but I'm going to go with Kevin. Like, he would have had the easiest access being the sheriff's son. Now, maybe Moose was involved. But 
I also doubt that after finding Jason's gunhole head that they ever ended up messing around again. So I think it was just Kevin. So I think it was FP. P got employed by Blossom to hide the truth. And then eventually when that wasn't working because the gang was getting closer, he tried to threaten Jughead asking FP to take the blame for everything because he had been semi-involved. Okay. I guess I, I could see that. Next question here, same user. What is Veronica's dad's name? So this seems obvious. So it made me think that it's not so obvious. And I'm going to say Clifford Blossom. Ooh, really? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's just Hiram. I, I, I think maybe they just didn't. They didn't know we knew it was Hiram from the finale. Yeah, maybe. This show has a weird naming convention. Like some characters fall under the alliteration rule, like Archie Andrews, Geraldine Grundy, Jughead Jones, Kevin Keller. And then you have these two antique H names that no one ever has anymore marrying each other. Yeah. Hiram and Hermione Lodge. Yeah. It's there's weird shit going on with names. Yep. FP, Jughead, Jellybean. Oh, could he be saying bean in reference to, like, referring to your head as a bean? Yeah. Yep. So, West Coast Valley Girl from Reddit asks, how many places does Jughead call home? I went with four. So, his house with his dad, FP. He lives with Archie and old Luke Perry. He lived with foster parents when he went to the south side. And then I think maybe we get a flashback to see him in the home for troubled youth that we get a question on later. Maybe that's why he wears that silly hat. Some rowdy hooligan in the youth home beat him on the head and he's like a he has like a hideous lump or something. I just I don't see any other valid reason to wear a fleece version of the crown from where the wild things are. So I got to be some backstory there. I'm going with four. Okay, I also said four in the beginning here on the same page. So his actual home with his dad, Archie's house. Then I thought the third one was just Riverdale as general. Like he refers to Riverdale as his home. No. And then the fourth one was the space between Betty's breasts. (laughs) All right. I guess I'll give you credit. (laughs) Next question from West Coast Valley Girl. Who does Fred Andrews have an affair with? Gotta be Mrs. Lodge. Hermione. It was pretty heavily alluded to in the first episode that they had some kind of history. So for that history to be revisited seems pretty easy. Yeah, I, I also went with Hermione. And, and I think that that doubly explains why she was begging him to not be there when Hiram came around because of you know the affair that they had. And it could also explain that final scene where there's a, you know, someone purposely shooting Fred. But it's Hermione. Definitely. Which of the moms was pregnant in high school? This is about Betty's mom, which we learn in the finale. Lock it in. I think that there were more. What if Miss Grundle is a parent or, or or what has one of the people from town as a parent? Didn't you say like you think that she's like an estranged daughter of, of the Lodge of Hiram and Hermione? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Oh, so remember how I said that that Clifford Blossom could be Veronica's dad? Yeah. What if Clifford Blossom also had sex with Hermione and she gave up the child and that is Miss Grundle. Or what if Miss Grundle is the daughter of the affair of, of Fred and Hermione? Then Archie would be fucking his sister. And that's gross. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, there's plenty of incest in this mo- in this show, obviously. Yeah. So it's probably the, no one even bets an eye at it. It's like, yep, yep. normal Riverdale. <laughs> All right. Next question. Same user. How many dogs are on the show and what breed of dogs? So this is zero. Riverdale has a strict no dog policy. There is a movie about it called Dog Loose. Vegas in the beginning episode looks like a dog, but it's actually just a very large cat. Wait, there's a dog we see at the beginning? There actually is. Yeah. Archie has a a dog named Vegas. It's like a yellow Ah, lab. Shit. All right. Well, then I'm going to change my answer to four. Because I okay. forgot about that first dog. So four dogs. So we see that that dog in the beginning. Then I think there are two bloodhounds during the whole sniffing out the Montreal heroin with the Blossom investigation. So that's that's three. And then what type of dog was Wishbone? Oh, um, like a terrier eagle? or something. Like whatever. A, yeah, he was. something along those lines. I think about Wishbone a lot. That show was able to condense a whole book into thirty minutes 
when like freaking a quarter of the episode was about Wishbone and his stupid owner. And the fact that I'm thinking about a PBS show other than Arthur at 34 is unreal. Unreal. That is surprising. So that's the fourth dog. And I think that dog, we see it because Archie goes to Mrs. Grundle's house and she owns this dog and it's named something musical like G-Clef or some shit. <laughs> Bass clef. I like it. All right. Tamurmur42 asks, who has a room full of wigs? Moira Rose, but also Cheryl. She has the means and I can see her wanting to be somebody else and put on like a jet black goth wig to match her Victorian era torture chamber bed. Nice. I see. I would say Mrs. Blossom. I think that for someone to have a room full of wigs, like a legitimate room full of wigs, it's going to have to be somebody who has a lot of money. Otherwise, it wouldn't make any sense. Like if they just cut to like Archie's dad and he has a room full of wigs, like that's not going to make any sense. But so it was going to be one of the Blossom ladies and Mrs. Blossom has shorter hair. Like Mother Blossom has shorter hair, which would make sense with a wig similar to Moira. Okay. Uh, Next question from Tamurmur42. Why does Betty attempt to boil Chuck alive? And this was also asked by Jasmine, but in a tamer fashion. Who's Chuck? (laughs) Yeah, who the hell is Chuck? She tried to boil him alive because he didn't toss the thrower high enough in the national championships. No. (laughs) I don't know. She doesn't care about cheerleading. I, I bet that this is a trick question. And Betty names a lobster before she cooks that shit for Jughead as she's courting him, trying to be all domestic. So Chuck is a lobster, and that's why she boils alive. Fun fact, I grew up stupid poor, so I didn't try lobster until I was like 24. It's aight. I think my my first experience with lobster, I was probably under 10. It's aight. It's nothing special. And I've eaten it from Maine, like fresh out of the sea. It's good, but it's not like peanut butter good. I mean, it's just it's just a vehicle for butter, which I mean, I can get behind because I love me some butter. It's Chuck the Lobster. I just I can't see Betty boiling a man. It's Betty. Come on. Yeah, that doesn't really make much sense that Betty would do anything like that unless he was trying to hurt her beloved Juggy. It's a lobster. Move on. Probably. <laughs> what creature is Cheryl's brooch? Spider. She gives it to Betty. Lock it in. Yep, it's a spider, specifically a red widow, which is a red and gold version of a black widow. Boom. Hmm. Interesting. Didn't know that. Now, this next question is from Tamurmur42. It's who is a self-proclaimed weirdo and proud of it, but also the user Beta DVA asked who's weird, who's a weirdo, who doesn't fit in and doesn't want to fit in. So both of these are kind of tied together. David, go. See, I feel like every person that we see other than Jughead, wants to fit in. Like every one of the main characters, and I feel like Jughead is such an obvious answer for this that it can't be the right one. So my answer is Josie. She wants to do her own thing. She wants to, she doesn't want to fit in. She wants to like be the best at her her craft and like wear her pussycat ears and just fucking rock the world. Yeah, we need to clear this up. Like, none of these characters are actual weirdos. Nope. Cheryl is maybe a little weird, but everybody else is like tropey popular high schoolers, including Jughead. To me, weirdo is like the extreme of weird. If you're weird, you collect paperclips and know all the words to the Wiggles songs. And don't lose your virginity till college. And that. And if you're a weirdo, you shove the paperclips up your ass and you've you fantasized about licking cake frosting off of Baby Bop from Barney and Friends. I've pooped a paper clip or two. Okay. So you're you're weird and a weirdo. Listen, all that said, though, I, I do think that Jughead calls himself a weirdo because he wears a crown hat and writes. Join the club, you bitch. I don't think he wants to be the, the outsider. It just kind of has happened. Yeah, that's who I am, Betty. Bughead Stan asks, how many siblings does Betty have? I wanted to be brave and say three, but I got to go with two. And, and I think it's the two we know about, Polly and then the secret brother who I contend, based on earlier, is from a different dad, I bet that ho-ass mom Shelly from Twin Peaks with her green-painted fingernails was messing around as a sophomore. She boned a freshman and made his junior, who is now Betty's senior. I still got it. Also, fact, 
if you paint your nails green or dye your hair green, you're a freak leak. Is that still a hip term? Yep. Cool. So my answer is also to obviously Polly and then the the John Snow. So mm-hmm. next question from Reddit is from Chickadee Seven One One. What movie is playing during the drive-in scene, and who suggested it? It's Scream, and it's suggested by Jughead, and everyone gets a good laugh out of it because it's skeet. (laughs) I went with Psycho, and I think that Veronica suggests it. Here's why. So this town has a weird obsession with the 50s and 60s between Pop's Chocolate Shop and the drive-in theater. So I see it being something retro, and Psycho came out in 1960. Veronica loves old movie references, and also, I think that she thought she could use it as a way to get close to Archie so he could rub his red hair all over her during the creepy parts. <laughs> Is she really just that obsessed with just the hair? Yep. It's like she just gets her, her kicks just like touching his hair. Yeah, she said. She said she's tried all flavors of boy except orange. That's true. Where did Polly escape from? The nunnery. Imagine wanting to be a nun in 2021. Aren't we past that? Oof. Yeah, we should be. Did nunnery still exist? I I would assume so, but why? So I think she escaped from the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> I think that she was she was in like a, a mental institution because she like shit got real real with uh, with Jason, and then she lost her mind. But now she's fine, so it's fine. Yep. Uh, next question from Chickadee Seven One One: Who is Doctor Curdle? Who are you? Sure, don't mean Doctor Cuddle because if you do, it's obviously Archie. I think this is another trick question because I think that sounds like something I would name an old cow, like curdled milk. And I've already decided that Betty likes to name animals like Chuck the Lobster. I'm guessing that she goes on a field trip and she has to sit on the bus with Jughead. That's how they start to come together. And they see an old cow and boom. Dr. Curdle. Now, here's the mistake you're making is that assuming that they're ever doing anything for school ever. <laughs> yeah, good, good point. We don't see them do anything school. It's all just lunch and after school activities. Lunch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never in a class ever in the whole show. But here, here's something that kind of ties to this. I have a question for you. It, a geographic offshoot. Where is Riverdale? Like, what state is, is it supposed to take place in? No idea. Logically, based on what we do know from the last, the first and last episode, my guess is it's either upstate New York or Vermont. A, we know they're near the Canada border. B, there's the big maple syrup business. Mm. C, the weather. D, we find out the lodges came from New York. So, yeah, I mean, they, they could have meant the city, like New York City. But I think my official vote because of that New York piece is, is Vermont. And that proves my Dr. Curdle answer because there's mad cows in VT, buddy. I could get behind northern New England state. All right. The maple syrup really sells it for me. What character set a car full of evidence on fire? Cheryl. She's a freaky little pyro. Plus, she would have reason to do it if the car implicated her family in anything. And she was on the same boat as Jason. So she has to know something about his death, right? Hmm. You'd assume. I think this was FP. Like earlier, I think that he was involved in kind of the cover-up of what happened in one way or another. So he's the one who set the the car of evidence on fire to help cover it up. Okay. Next question from Chickadee711. Which Riverdale dad was complimented as looking extremely dilfy today? And who gave the compliment? I feel like this has to be Archie's dad. I feel like he's just always dilfy. I don't even know what that means. A dad I'd like to fuck. Oh, then no. <laughs> I guess it ha- it has to be Archie's dad or FP because Mr. Blossom was old. We haven't met Hiram yet. And then Betty's dad. Yeah. Meh. No, I, it, it's got to be old Luke Perry. Yeah. And I think the person that gave him the compliment is Kevin. No, I, I know she's been my answer for a ton of these, but it just sounds like something Cheryl would say. I hate her character yet. I can't stop talking about her. So who calls Archie's dad Delphi? Veronica. Okay. I mean, she's attracted to his son, so. Yeah, I think really the only the only people who get away with it is is the gay guy, Veronica, or Cheryl. Yep. Any other character would feel weird. So, Janelle asks, what is the connection between the Blossoms and the Coopers? So, the simple answer is the whole Polly was Jason's ex-girlfriend thing. But if it is more than that, maybe that's who Betty's mom banged. Cheryl's dad, Cliff? Uh I don't know. Like, she didn't seem too shook up on the finale after he had hung himself. And I, f- I feel like if she did indeed have sex with that man, that she would be a little worked up 
knowing that he killed himself, right? Yeah, unless I mean, unless it ended super poorly to the point where she had hidden it from the world that it ever existed. Yeah, maybe. You feel like, and even if it didn't, as she had hidden it for so long that sometimes people will like speak those those lies so often that they almost become truth in their own weird way. Okay. So that could help her like distance herself from the, the feeling of okay. regret. I just got really psychological up on your ass. Mm-hmm. Blossoms and the Coopers. Hmm. What if Betty's dad is actually the one who's been kind of accomplice with the Clifford Blossom? Because there is a point where where Betty says that her dad had kept a pretty substantial secret from them mm. that we never really dive into or learn anything about. So that might be something along those lines that he had had some kind of involvement in the business or, or something along those lines. Okay. Next question from Janelle. Who used to partner with Fred Andrews at Andrews Construction? FP. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, this is one that we have answered in the finale, and it's Hermione Lodge. But if the question asker means before that, then I would say FP. And and I, I think that could explain why their kids became best friends, Archie and Jughead. And then they grew apart after that partnership ended. Agreed, because there is there is that part where Hermione fires all the serpent guys uh, because they're trying to cl- kind of mm. clean house after FP goes to jail and Fred's like, you know, what what the fuck? Those guys have been good to me for years and like yeah. are our salt of the earth Riverdale folk. Mm-hmm. So it definitely could have been that the a large part of the serpents, including FP, were involved in that construction company. Sounds good. Janelle's last question. What is the name of the home for troubled youths in Riverdale? It's probably something water related to play off of Riverdale. So I'm just gonna be boring here and say Hope Springs. Uh, I wish I had a better answer, but it's all I got, homie. That is boring. What was the name of the strip club again? Ho Zone. Yeah. So the Hope Zone. <laughs> uh, the the Bro Zone. No. Yeah, I I bet you're you're in the probably the correct milieu of just like something boring. Although, why would this person ask a question about it if it was just something boring? Hope Zone. It is Hope Zone. It's the Hope Zone. All right, and that is all of the questions for Riverdale season one, Dave. I think that means it's time for center counts. Do, 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 center counts. <laughs> I don't like when you go lower with it. <laughs> you got to go higher. Do, 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 do. Center counts. Nope, you just copied the Doug thing again, and you're going to be mad at yourself after. <laughs> Damn it. All right, well, here we are. Center counts. What do you do? I rated this at a four. Out of seven. I was going to give it a lower score. I really was. But honestly, after watching it a few times... And and taking my notes and everything, the characters kind of grew on me a little bit. You know, there's some there's some writing that's a little annoying, like when high schoolers are talking about soulmates and shit like that. But I mean, I guess that, that's how high schoolers are. When you have a, a girlfriend in sophomore year, you think it's going to be the end of your life. Yeah, I, I think that overall they they cast most of the kids pretty well, you know, other than the ones that are obviously old. I know you don't like Archie, but I think that they did they did a pretty good job acting and did a pretty good job of uh, kind of creating drama. So, yeah, four out of seven. All right. Well, you are nicer than me. I gave this a one out of seven. We are in the golden age of television with HBO, Netflix, Amazon, AMC, FX. And then you have the inbred CW cousin. The dialogue here is just it's just too on the nose sometimes. Like I appreciate that they they tried to come up with one-liners and like witty turns of phrases like Justin Ginger Lake, but they just didn't nail enough of them for me to think they did a good job. And I'm also mad that the couples don't match. Archie should be with Cheryl. Jughead should be with Veronica. I ship characters solely based on their hair colors. Oh my god, you want all the same colored hair folks to be dating? Yes. You're the worst. Okay, that's not really true. That makes no sense. Uh, but this show does put a weird emphasis on characters' hair colors. Like, they all have, like, extreme versions of the color. Like, it's not just like they have kind of red hair. It's like bright-ass fucking burn-your-eyes red hair. That's probably part of adapting it from a comic is, like, they just... A comic is going to have a lot of those stark differences when you're looking sure. at it. So trying to, like, achieve that same result. But I, I agree with you that, like, everything is very 
abrupt in in the color choices. And listen, at the end of the day, I am not this show's target audience. So you're like in 15 years outside of this target audience of the show. Yeah, so you can take everything I said with a, a whole heap of salt. I I get that I'm this is not for me, but because it's not for me, I'm just being true to myself. And and for me, it's a one out of seven. Yeah. All right, David. I think we are done with Riverdale. What? are we doing next episode wowzers well next proper center cut episode is going to be out on march 17th and we are going to be covering the movie miami connection and we're going to have some guests on the show that day we are going to have esther and rachel from cards with esther and rachel and actually i think there's going to be a third guest on there theon from oh they're gonna bring theon as well awesome yeah, so from what I know about that movie, it's a barn burner, so it's going to be fun. Oh, boy. I don't know what a barn burner means. Nope, neither do I. Uh, I mean, Cheryl knows. Very valid point. So keep in mind, next Wednesday, March 10th, we are going to be releasing the third installment of Center Chat, and we are going to be discussing if we would rather burn to death in a fire or drown in a frozen river. Because we're just like Cheryl. Or exactly like Cheryl. Yeah, so come around for that. And, and as we talked about at the top today on the Damn Fine TV feed, you'll find us covering episode two of Twin Peaks. So head on over there. Yeah, go check that out. And like we said earlier, too, Podgo. It's great. If you have a podcast, do it. Yeah. But with that, as always, if you're not already, please subscribe to the show, get the auto downloads, and send us an email at thecentercutcast at gmail.com. Plus, we're on all the social media f- places, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're there. Go check it out. Well, that is a wrap on Riverdale. I got to go back to my sophomore class here. And, and by that, I mean I'm just going to hang out a bunch and go to another school's cafeteria. The rules are you can just hang out in the cafeteria and leave whenever you'd like. Yep. But in the meantime, like the space between Betty's breasts... It's always better in the center. (laughs) 